When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, what's up, everyone? Good morning, and welcome back to another another edition of the show. It's episode 340, and it is August 12th, 2022. We're we're in the fourth quarter. We're in the fourth quarter already. Seems like it just started, but um, I'm excited about today's show and today's guest. Um, she's no stranger to success. She was a gold medalist just less than a month ago at the World Championships, 53 kilograms. It's Dominique Paris. Let's bring her on. Dom, thanks for joining us today from Not As Hot. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. But how's everything going with you today? Hey, Vader. Yeah, it's good. Um, just woke up. Nice to be on the show. Yeah. Is it, are you like, you just woke up? Are you like getting a little bit of time to, uh, I don't know, a break or at least not, you know, like a lesser intensity of training? Like what's what's been like since the World Championships? So after the World Championships, I went on vacation with my family and my boyfriend for a bit and then came back, was absolutely so lazy for the first week back and then last week was just too bored i don't have anything else to do so i went into practice and was just rolling around but yeah practice has just been like drilling working on new stuff so just fun audrey jimenez was up at the beginning of this week so her and i were playing around and she's fast and she's fun partner heck yeah um where'd you go on vacation uh, I went, or oh, I stayed in Croatia, or sorry, Serbia for a couple of days, went to Croatia, stayed in a tree house, and then went like way up in the Alps of Slovenia. Tree house. Go back. Let's back up a second. You're like, yeah. you skipped over that. Like, yeah, I went to some Croatia, <laughs> stayed in a tree house. Is this like, I guess just, just give me, this is a, 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 a house. It's not like a kid's tree house, right? With a tent. I'm assuming, no. assuming there's electricity or, and or plumbing. Yeah, like, it like, was It was like they took uh, one of the big like storage containers and just like put it like in the air. But okay. It was pretty bougie. Yeah, it was nice. There was a jacuzzi. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. I'm kind of, I kind of want to go stay in a tree house now. I feel like nobody ever stays in tree houses, but they're pretty fun. Art Marturi has one up in Flagstaff, um, connected to his cabin, and it's probably it's way nicer than my house here, his treehouse. But 
<laughs> that was the second tree house I've ever stayed in. I stayed in one in Oregon one time by myself, but that one was a little bit sketchy. What, what, what was sketchy about it? It was just in this person's backyard, but it was like a full size, like tree house. It had like beds and everything in it, but there was no like electricity besides like a cable like strip. And then um, there wasn't really like a lock on the door. There was just a latch. I was sending Snapchats to all my friends and they were like, you're going to get murdered because I was by myself. I was like, uh, I think I'm good. And then it got dark. I was like, okay, I'd like see what you're saying. So I was trying to like booby rig the doors. So something would make noise when I came in or if someone came in. Were you just like out hanging out in Oregon by yourself? Is that why you're in this treehouse by yourself? I was driving up to Vancouver and I needed to stop in between. And I was looking on Airbnb for a place to stay. And this like treehouse was like 60 bucks for the night. And I'm like, that looks pretty cool. So I was like, I like treehouses. Let's try it out. So how do you get up? Whether it was the one in Oregon or this one over in Croatia. Like when I think of a treehouse, I think of like two by fours hammered to the tree like consecutively to to form like a ladder or even like a, a rope drop down ladder but how how'd you get yeah. up in the tree is that how you got up the first one had like a like almost like a vertical staircase so you just kind of had to climb it like a ladder and then uh -huh. the last one we stayed in in croatia had like a full like staircase up to it that's badass yeah well, if I ever get the opportunity, I'm going to stay in a treehouse and I'll, and I'll. If you just I'll... go on Airbnb and you look on like cool, like, uh, there's like filters, you can choose like, like a cool style house and it'll just show you all the random, like, like Airbnbs that aren't just like a regular, like room. I feel like I've seen, like when you just go to Airbnb, I've, I've seen these, those, those types of things. I don't know if I've seen a treehouse yeah. necessarily, but maybe like a container or a small, they call them. There's a better word for it, but a small house, tiny house, I think yeah. they call it actually. So, okay, the, the treehouse talk. I appreciate it. Um, yes. Maybe we should talk some wrestling while we're here too. Um, I just, I want to know a little more about your story. Like, you're from California, from Santa Cruz, you were telling me. How did you get introduced to wrestling? How old were you? What did you think of it from the start? Um, okay, so my first introduction to wrestling, my dad wrestled a bit in like high school, junior college, and then coached like a couple high school uh, teams when he was younger. Um, my sister actually went and wrestled at like the kids uh, league finals when we were little, and she got the crap kicked out of her. I remember watching her and being like, uh, she kicks crap out of me. I don't really want to do that. And then um, in middle school, they had a demonstration in our PE class. Um, the coach came in and was like showing wrestling moves and everybody was trying out some stuff like on the mats and they were passing around like a clipboard and my friend like wrote down my name and number and I thought I was going to get in trouble if I didn't go to practice. So I went and I liked it and my dad had wrestled and coached so he was very supportive and just kind of went off from there. I had great coaches and um, always had a girls team. So it's strange to me like when these other like states don't even have like a sanctioned program or like because california already had a state tournament i had girls on my team like from middle school to high school and i i feel like i was pretty lucky to be in the situation that i was in yeah so you you only went because your friend signed you up and you're afraid you'd get in trouble if you didn't go but yeah what, but you went and you liked it and you, yeah. you didn't you were afraid before because your sister got a butt kicked and she used to kick your butt what did you like about it and what, what brought you back a second time and, a, you know, a third time and, and here we are? 
I mean, I feel like I was a bit of a tomboy, so I liked roughhousing. It was fun to go in and have like almost like structured like roughhousing. No one's gonna get too aggressive and hurt you. Uh-huh. Um, my middle school coach, his name's Wasim, like great family friend now. Like I feel like he just like tired all the kids out. So it was fun to go in and just kind of like run around and get to wrestle with some kids in a safe environment. Uh-huh. So he made it really fun. So sure. all my friends were there too. So it was like a, a social thing as much as a roughhousing. Yeah. Yeah. Considering you maybe were a tomboy or more so or that you liked roughhousing, did you take to it? Were you kind of good? Did you have a knack for the physicality? I feel like that was another reason why I also stuck with it. I think people were telling me I was pretty good, like, pretty, like, like so quick off the bat. I was like, you like doing stuff that you're good at. So I just was in there and rolling around. I don't, I don't remember going in and like getting my butt kicked and being like, this isn't any fun. Yeah, that would, uh, that would discourage a lot of people. I it's really, it's, I really admire the stories to be here. People like, I got my ass kicked for two years. I only, I didn't win yeah. any matches and then here they are doing whatever they're doing. I'm like, how did you stick around? Yeah. I feel like that's Helen's story. You know, she went in and like got the crap kicked out of her and her mom was like, if you win this match, like you can stay. Right. Yeah. 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 Kudos to her. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this was junior high or middle school. Yeah. Middle school. So when you get to high school, like, did you know about the state tournament and wanting to qualify or medal or, or win it? Yeah. So we had some older girls that were already on the high school team when I got to high school and they had been going and like placing at the state tournament. So I feel like that was the goal, like very early on that you would qualify and then go to state. And um, I, it was almost just the expectation that you would do that. So it was a really cool environment to be in just like a lot of like supportive, like, older role models. Yeah. That's fantastic. How many girls were on your high school team? Like, was it, was it a, a full lineup or 30 or? Uh, I think we had like 15 at one point. I think my June, maybe junior, sophomore year, sophomore, junior, um, we won like our sectional tournament. Okay. So pretty... we had like quite a few girls that were doing pretty well. Okay. What was your style? You know, your style of wrestling, the way you wrestle, was it as you got in and, and maybe started having a little success when you were younger and in the high school, like was your style similar to what it is today or is it totally different? Uh, I, I'd like to think I'm a little bit slicker now, but I think like the first couple of years, it was just like be as aggressive as possible and try to be offensive and get the first takedown. I don't think my defense has always been uh, as good as it is now, but um Definitely like getting older and like learning the finesse of setting like traps with your hand fight and like getting into your shots, disguising your attacks. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't remember too much. I just, I feel like when I think of my middle school wrestling, it was just like chaos. <laughs> just like go in and like do a bunch of stuff and like hope to land on top. Chaos. I love that. Um, how did, how did your high school career kind of kind of unfold, right? You you had these high expectations and you were in this environment mm-hmm. that was maybe bred for success. So what kind of success did you see in high school? 
I went to state all four years. Um, I won my sectional tournament twice, I think. And then I won state twice. Okay. And then my junior, senior year started going to a bunch of freestyle tournaments. Um, got third at body bar my junior year, I think, and senior year, or actually just my senior year, but went to Fargo, won my junior year, got third my senior year. Um, yeah, I feel like I was pretty successful. Yeah. I wish I had done more of the cadet, like feel a cadet stuff. Yeah. How, how did your eyes get opened up to the freestyle scene and, and Fargo and some of these bigger nationals? Cause you're having, you're having success in your local and then you're having success at the state. How did you, was it, was it a, was it a high school coach? Was it a club coach that kind of said, Hey, there's, there's this whole other world here in this, this next level. Yeah, um, it was a bunch of my like friends from other schools going to like these freestyle tournaments. I was like, where like where are they going and competing? And then my dad looked it up and saw that they were going to like Fargo and Body Bar. And he was like, do you want to go? He's always been like very supportive. And um, and yeah, so I he just kind of paid for it. And I like went my junior, senior year. Honestly, I saw the cool gear they were getting at one point. I was like, <laughs> want that cool gear i'm like where are they getting that <laughs> it's like different different uh m modes of motivation for different people but yeah it doesn't matter how yeah. it gets you there as, as long as it gets you there yeah I'm like i what? got a cool jacket and some experience i would say did you do any of the uh gear bartering out there at the, the black market at fargo uh no but actually someone um told me recently at a camp that i convinced them not to trade their gear like their gear at the gear bartering and i was like i have no recollection of that like why would you listen to me she's <laughs> like yeah you said when you're older you're gonna give like your california state gear to like your kids and i just was like i i was like i have no idea if i said that but i was like my bad i was like my bad don't listen to me <laughs> please on with the trading yeah on with the trading do, do you still have any of that gear i have most of it i think some of it i've given to my high school coaches um or my high school club coach's daughter because she started to get into wrestling i'm like i have like all this california like team gear i'm not using it would be cool to get like some second use out of it but sure. i kept a couple things whether or not you said to your friend, keep the gear, because maybe one day you'll give it to your kids or, or whatever it is. Would, would, would that version of you have believed that you'd have gone on to have like world championship gear at the senior level, let alone a, a gold medal? Like, was that on your radar or even something that you thought about or, or, or potentially believed in? Uh. I, honestly, I don't think so. I yeah. feel like my, like the end of high school, I was unsure if I was going to wrestle in college or not. Just wasn't sure if I liked it enough or if I wanted to go to like any of the colleges that were offering uh, women's wrestling. Cause I feel like when I started looking, the options were like pretty sparse. What kind of options were there? Like, did you get recruited? Was there, what was that, what was I that process recruited, like? I recruited a little bit. There was King out, at, well, there's still King out in Tennessee, yeah. uh, Campbellsville in Kentucky. Um, Menlo is the only like one in California and they were recruiting. Um, what else? McKendry was still um, like a powerhouse back then. And 
they were recruiting as well. We just kind of, my dad just kind of stumbled upon SFU on like one of these uh, like women's wrestling sites. And it was just like a single dot. It was like this map and there was all the wrestling schools and then just this dot like way up north. Just nobody, I feel like nobody talked about it. Everybody was talking about King or McKendry or Menlo. That's in, it's in Canada, right? Yeah, it's in Vancouver. Like, had you ever been to Canada? What were your thoughts on like, because it, 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 to, to your point, it's like, this dot that's way out in the middle of, is that above? That's in Canada? Like, yeah. What, how I does that? Like, Can I go to school there? <laughs> <laughs> am, like, I am I allowed? allowed? Yeah. Um, Did... Honestly, my dad like found it and was like, I put in an application for you. I feel like he definitely was the driving force, like me going to SFU because like I said, I wasn't sure like if I was going to wrestle in college and um he started emailing the coach, Mike Jones, who's like this older guy. Um, he's like pretty chill, but he's like definitely uh, experienced and a great coach. Like Helen went there, Vicky went there, uh, Danielle Lepage, Justina DeSasio went there. But like, again, nobody was talking about it. They don't go to like the high or yeah, the high school tournaments and recruit like the other coaches do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely was super nervous going up and visiting and we went up in Mar maybe may which is still like like definitely the rainy season for them and it was all gray and i was up there and i was just like i don't know like if i can live here it's it's raining and it's cloudy and like kind of depressing and um after going to uh fargo my senior year i just like hadn't committed anywhere and mike jones sent me an email and he was just like so can i tell people you're coming here and i was like I mean, I guess, I guess I'm coming there. And like, that was how I committed. <laughs> so, so you didn't even know whether or not you wanted to wrestle in college at this point. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. That's I like, like a, I, what a tactic. I'm just, can I tell people you're coming? I can tell them you're coming, right? You're coming. He was like, when I went up on my recruiting trip, he was so like almost the opposite of recruiting. He was like unrecruiting me where he was just like, um, he was like, you can come here if you want. Like, we probably can't give you, like, a lot of scholarship. He's like, you might be better off, like, going to another school. Like, they'll probably pay you, like, or, like, give you more money. And he was he was like, you probably have a bunch of questions that, like, you don't even know. So he's like, you can just, like, shoot me an email if you want. He was so chill. Took me into the room. Just let me get, like, my ass beat by all these, like, college girls. Mallory Velt was there. I wrestled with her my first practice. She just destroyed me. Remember leaving, being like, I don't know, like if I can go to this school, but that's always the step, right? Like high school to college, like yeah. you go in and get, you get your ass kicked for a bit, and then you learn or you quit. That's you nailed it. It's almost like it was like reverse psychology. Like, eh, I don't know if you want to do this, and yeah, I've never heard I feel of that. Like that tactic. was just his coaching style too. I feel like he'd be like, either you're gonna get better or you're gonna quit. He's like, I'm okay with either. <laughs> This is such a uh, unique situation. Like, had you decided you wanted to wrestle in college or was it really not until he said, can I tell people you're coming here? That you're like, I guess I, A, am going to wrestle in college and B, I, I going to Canada. Yeah, I feel like at that point he sent that email and I kind of was thinking about it and I was like, I'd applied to schools that like weren't, that didn't have wrestling programs just to like go to school. Yeah. I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't really see myself like at those schools. I was like, I didn't really know if I saw myself at SFU. 
but I was like, I was, I don't know if there's a better option. So like, might as well go try it out. What schools without wrestling were you, were you uh, I applied at? to San Jose to. state and like UCSC, a bunch of schools in like California. Are you like, nah, I want to wrestle. So I think the difficult for me thing for me is like, I was a homebody in high school and like definitely was worried that I was going to get homesick, like going away and not being able to come back. That was a big thing for me. And like King where I was like, I don't think I'll be able to go home very often, but SFU is like a, or like Vancouver is like a two hour flight. Uh huh. So I feel like that was a positive for me. At what point did you know you made the right decision? Um, honestly, I think my, my sophomore year, freshman year is always rough. And, uh. um, I actually like competed at nationals my freshman year and just kind of went in and rolled around sophomore year. I feel like I was more in the groove, like definitely comfortable with the team, um, made friends and like was cemented. I feel like you hear things from like other schools where like your friends go and they tell you, they're like, Oh, like it kind of sucks here. And you're like, Oh, well it kind of sucks here too, but like not as bad. <laughs> Did it? You're like, we don't have those problems, but we have other problems. Like what? I feel like SFU is pretty challenging academically. Okay. So like, oh, the so wrestling's good. hard and like we would go in and like obviously brawl. I feel like the room was very competitive, but then you would go out and just really have to be like diligent with your schoolwork, which is difficult when you're on the road all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So so how did your college career kind of kind of play out? Uh, I All-Americaned all four years, um, got third my first year, second my sophomore year, um, and then first my last two years and didn't redshirt and just went out. Three, two, one, one. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, did, did you have any idea coming into college that that was a, that's like a really good you know college career did you have any idea coming into college did you have those kind of goals or or expectations for yourself or was it not till you kind of got into the season you're like yeah i'm doing pretty well uh definitely not i feel like you've asked me a couple times like if i had these like perceived like expectations for myself and yeah. looking back i'm like i feel like i went in with almost like no expectations which is kind of strange yeah um but my first couple months at SFU were like pretty tough. Yeah. Like academically and wrestling wise, like just getting my ass kicked by like a lot of the older girls in the room. I remember calling my dad at one point. I was like, I don't know if I actually know how to wrestle. I was like, these girls are just destroying me. And he was just like, it's okay. Like keep going in. Um, but I feel like again, yeah, either you figure it out and like find ways to get better or you just quit. <laughs> <laughs> well you clearly figured out uh way you know f- figured out ways to to get better so so i you know these are kind of the similar questions just at different points in your career right at at what point yeah. now did you think you was like oh i'll finish college and then and then just get a job or at what point did you say maybe i will you know pursue world and olympic dreams mm-hmm. i feel like it wasn't even um like when i was done with my college eligibility i was still up in sfu just like training as an RTC athlete out of their, out of the Burnaby Mountain wrestling club. And then COVID hit. So I did like one year, went to 2019 nationals one and was like going into the like Olympic trials, feeling pretty good. And then COVID hit, everything was down for like 
over a year. Um, training in Vancouver was like pretty difficult, but like I feel like we made it work and then went to Olympic trials. And I feel like after Olympic trials was when I was not sure if I was going to keep wrestling or not. Really? And then Kayla, like, yeah, because I, I feel like in my perspective, from my perspective, I had done everything right. But looking back, I'm like, the training situation, although like the coaches did a great job to like make sure that we had access to a gym, even though like in Vancouver, we weren't allowed to be in gyms like training, but they, we went in a boxing gym with like cardboard taped over the windows so see and you. just like <laughs> made it happen a little back alley wrestling. I love um, it. But yeah, I feel like looking back, I'm just like, yeah, like it felt like I was doing everything right. Just cause I was like, like we were persevering through the situation but yeah. like comparing it to how i got ready for like worlds this year i'm like it's not it's not the same you did everything you uh you, you did everything you thought you could or, or, or what you were aware yeah. of right because canada was like yeah. worse than here they were pretty strict yeah. on covid right yeah like, taping up cardboard boxes so um <laughs> And, and obviously, you, you've since moved to, to Phoenix. You're training with the Sunkiss Kids with Kayla mm -hmm. and Forrest and, and Helen and, and Mark Perry's coaching out y'all, and, and there's a bunch more. But tell me about that transition, and, and was it did you come down and just train with Kayla once or twice and then figured out a, a way to move down there? Yeah, so they were in Iowa before. Um, right. Kayla had actually was trying to convince me to come out to Iowa before COVID hit in, like, 2019. Um, I went and visited in like January and I was like, I don't know if this is the place either. It was really cold. And I was like, I don't yeah. think I can do this kind of cold. Um, and then yeah, COVID hit and they moved down to Phoenix and I saw Kayla like at Olympic trials and she'd been like texting me like, like, Oh, like we're down in Phoenix. Like you should come down and visit and train. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like COVID, like we're in a pandemic. I'm probably not coming down to Phoenix. And then after Olympic trials, it really was, do I go back to Canada and like keep doing what I've been doing or like go back to Canada and get a job or do I move somewhere else? And I've been talking with her and she's like, you got to come down and check it out. And Kim, um, Artori. Mar Artori, yeah, Martori called me and was like, Hey, like, I think you would do really well, like an RTC down in, um, in Phoenix. I think you should consider moving. And yeah, talking to Mark Perry at some of the national team camps, like right after Olympic trials, they were like, yeah, come down. So I, I don't know. I just packed up my stuff and moved down to, to Phoenix in July, right before the Olympics and got like help get Kayla ready for the Olympics. That's a, that's a drastic move from gray and overclass cloudy, cloudy Vancouver to always sunny and, and hot in July, Arizona. Yeah. Tell me about that training environment with, with these elite women and, and the, this elite coaching. Yeah, I, well, the coaching is obviously like a huge part of like the RTC down here. Like anyone who's talked to Perry knows that like he sees every detail, like in every wrestling match, just like the small stuff that nobody else would notice. Uh -huh. So it's really been interesting having him like as a personal coach and having him do that to my wrestling. I've never really had anyone say like, Hey, like you're really good. Like this was the first thing we worked on. He was like, your attacks are good. And like your set it, like your hand fighting is pretty good, but you get on the leg and you stop. So he's like, we're just going to practice like getting in and then like working on getting rid of that pause. He's like, we'll go slow. And then like, you'll just get the reps in and start speeding it up. And I feel like that helped me gain so much confidence in my shot. Cause I'm like, if I get in, like I can finish like in any position. Heck yeah. And 
that was just a like a different aspect of coaching that I had never experienced that like personalized coaching that's fantastic because coming that's... from like, a college room they're like okay like this is what everybody's working on so this is what everybody's gonna do so like the the ratio somewhat right instead of one to 20 or 30 it's like one to yeah sometimes two if you're doing an individual workout or yeah, you know, yeah. but I think sometimes coaches are like we're gonna add like moves to your repertoire and like maybe that'll be better but i feel like he took stuff that i already was good at and just like slowed it down and made me like work on perfecting it or like some aspect of my wrestling we focus a lot on like my position and just making sure like i stay low like in my stance the whole time which is difficult anyone who's been in a wrestling stance knows that like six minutes in your stance is pretty uncomfortable uh-huh. and we would just do like a lot of shadow wrestling at practice where he would call out stuff and like yeah do shots and down blocks and sprawls and just stay in, like practice being in our stance and moving and i love that right and, and i i hear this a lot more when you talk to elite elite athletes like yourself it's not about learning moves you know the move we all know a single leg or a, a you know mm -hmm. a sprawl or a cradle or gut wrench and you name it it's the just wrestling right mm -hmm. or the transitions or the right you get to the leg finish instead of like get to leg weight finish so I, I think that's really cool especially to hear that from you and and the progression and and how you learned and how you've kind of evolved um yeah and and, and you know i we were talking off or just before it's like i came down i don't know before final x and we're talking with mark and, and we were doing like promos with with a couple of the ladies but mark kept talking about you right and you hadn't had all this success yet though you had at the college level but you hadn't had any international he hadn't been on a world team yet um but mm -hmm. he's like dom Paris bader i'm telling you she's a killer dude she's getting so good she's getting she's gonna she's gonna kill you know she's gonna murder you know it's, and, and a lot of times you hear people talk about their athletes and it's good for them to have confidence in their athletes and mark's a different guy so when he says that you, you do listen mm -hmm. when did you feel that difference and feel that you were on a different level um, I feel like it goes back to like looking at my training partners too. And like coming in here and like, like wrestling with these girls, like everyone I have to practice with is like a world-class athlete. There's no one I can come in and beat the crap out of whenever I want. Um, I feel like I gained so much confidence from coming in and like wrestling with these girls who like when I first moved down here were kicking my ass and then just feeling that I had like more control in the match and maybe the matches were just like a little bit more difficult. Um, and then I feel like they're all like very like verbally like positive with me. And like, they were all telling me that like my shots are getting so much better and that like, I just need to like just go and like believe that I'm going to finish it. I feel like Kayla's <laughs> been one of my number one fans for a long time and just like telling me how good I could be. Same with Perry, like moving down here. I feel like he and Kayla and Helen and Forrest and Maya were all the people in my ear saying like, you could be like, you're good. Like you can do this like pretty early on in January. And I feel like that just, you know, made me feel so confident in the room. You know, it's easy to have a goal to do X, Y, or Z. It's, it's harder to believe that, you know, wanting to do something and believing you'll do something are different. Clearly. Um, I want to be a billionaire. I don't think I'm going to be a billionaire, but maybe <laughs> one day. But but when did you believe I can win a world title? I can do this. 
Yeah, I think honestly, after my tournament in Istanbul, um, I think I journal quite a bit now, like since like for like a year, I've been journaling quite a bit. And I think that was the first time I wrote it down in my journal where I was like, hey, like I could be a world champ. I was like, everybody's been telling me and I've kind of been like, yeah, like that's cool. I'm like, I feel like everybody says that to everyone. And then like they're them telling it and me like going to this tournament and feeling like I wrestled like pretty good. And I was writing out, I'm like, hey, like uh, maybe my goal should be like be a world champ. Uh-huh. So like pretty recent. Again, okay. I feel like I go into these situations with like no expectations. I don't think I had any expectations when I moved down here. Okay, now walking, you know, you go to Final X, you win, you're on the world team, you go to Serbia, you're you're there. Like walking into that tournament was that was that a different sense of confidence than even walking into Istanbul. If Istanbul showed you that you were good enough, did you walk into Serbia thinking you were going to win? Like really, really believing it. I don't know if I really believed it, but I felt like I, w- I was very confident I was going to medal. Okay. Especially after I think my second match, I just felt, I felt really good. I think my weight cut went super smooth. I feel like that's always like going into the tournament, like the two weeks out, you're nervous about like making sure that you're ready. Like then the two weeks, like coming in, you're worried that you're going to make weight. Uh-huh. And then like, you weigh in, you drink, and you. I just felt ready to go. Like okay. after my rehydration. Yeah. Um, and I really, I'd like to watch this this gold medal match, um, and hear your take. You can walk us through it. You can tell us what you're thinking. You can do play by play. I don't know, but let's we'll just kind of let this thing roll, Tyler. And um, okay. check this out. what did you know? You know, fourth weight class of Destiny. Probably scouted her and maybe told you some things. Maybe not. Yeah, I feel like sometimes the stuff that Perry tells me about these other girls is like, if he said it to them, it would sound like bullying. But he's like, this girl is not strong. She's very weak. You can you can bully her, like go in and just like and dominate. And we had the same game plan for every match, which was like circle to the back foot, get my head in position. Um, uh, this the Mongolians um, do a lot of funky throws. There you can see, like, she's getting trying to get this two-on-one and do that trip. Yep. Um, he basically was just – he told me to stay on the, the hands and work my hand fighting. I've been working on drags quite a bit. That was so awesome. So I feel like my, like my goal, like, off the whistle is to get my head, like, in position, my, like, forehead in their temple and, uh-huh. like, try to, like, keep circling to that side. This girl was really sticky, though. I remember she was just grabbing my, yeah, like she was grabbing me and like pulling me in. Yeah. This was like 10, 10, oh, oh, like 10 in the morning or something here. And we're like in the office and there's a bunch of other people from different sports and tech people, all kinds of people in our office. And we're just like sitting there watching this yelling and like, what the hell is going on over there? It was fun. Yeah. Especially that drag double, like right off the bat, it just totally set the tone. Did you feel like it, <laughs> it, it, it like set the tone? It did. I honestly thought I got four. And then when I stood up and I saw two, it's like always that moment where you're like two. And you're like, okay, like I'm like there's no point in challenging it. I was like, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy for two. I'll keep that block for later. Yeah. Or it's like if you get a takedown and turn and then they just call the turn. Yeah. Like, hey, wait, I did both. You're like, I thought I did both, but I guess not. What and yeah, you tried that drag again? Weird. Go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say this girl kind of had weird hips where I felt like I could get in, but 
like I felt like I could knee pick, but at the same time, um, I like went for it a couple times and just didn't really feel safe. So like, I'm going to try to tire her out. I feel like sometimes that's my strategy going into a match where I'm like, if I could get a couple points up and then just tire them out, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. And those are like those safe shots, right? You're not like getting caught underneath. You're you're pretty in, and and if you're in, you blow through it. And if if not, you're you back out, which was yeah, pretty wild. I think at this point, Perry was yelling at me to get another one, uh-huh. and I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe if it's there, we'll see. No need to force anything. And really, that's her first significant attack. Yeah. Looks like you're pretty aware to stay grounded. Yeah, they we had a rules clinic at our camp in Pennsylvania, and they went over like uh, all the new rules for like push out. And they told us like if you drop to your knees in like a shot defense, like inside the blue and not in the orange, like then they're gonna call it a grounding. But if you drop in the orange, that's one point for the offensive person usually. For a step out. Yeah, either step out or. Uh, fleeing, I think maybe. Okay. I don't know. Some of, the, some of the rule changes this year were interesting. I feel like they're they always were, like that. They were talking about step out. Yeah, a lot of the step out rules were weird. Where they were like, if you turn away and it looks like you're fleeing, like, like they'll call it. But I'm like, sometimes like you have to turn away and like you're giving up the two, uh, but you're like not giving up the four. Sure, and they'll go caution a caution there. Yeah. Um, so do you remember kind of anything Mark's telling you at the, at the break here? Uh, I think he was just telling me that I could score more and that I should go for it. Yeah. Did Another you... thing I'd been working on, like, in Arizona, it was, like, my patience with my shot. But, like, we went, he went back and watched a lot of my films, and he's, he's like, you get taken down off your shot all the time. Like, People will shoot in and like take you down, but it's more so uh, people countering your shot because you're just like rapid firing. Be more selective. So being a little more stingy with my shots, but then on the opposite side, I feel like I'm sometimes too stingy and they're like, no, oh, that was right there. And I'm like, and I don't know. So does this change the, I don't, I don't know if momentum is the right word, but. You know, you, you look like you're in control. You controlled most of the match and you had the only takedown. Now, I think it was her second attack. She scores. Yeah, I think she shot in and I was like, fuck. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable like coming from a deficit. Like I did that in all my matches at Pan Ams. Okay. I think it's, I for me, it's easier to be offensive than it is to be like defensive. I think if she hadn't gotten this takedown, I might've spent the whole match, like the rest of the match, like trying to stall out. Sure. And then she, I think she got a little over aggressive there and tried to. Yeah. One of those like tricky throws you were talking about, right? Like the the Mongolians, that seemed like one of those. She was trying. Yeah. Perry had also warned me about her uh, top move, which is basically she grabs like above the knees like on the thighs and she kind of like flips you so he was Uh, like as soon as she gets there just like grab her hand and peel it off smart 
You feel like you're still yeah. – uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like the rest of the match, I was just like, I'm going to uh, just stay in, pos- in position and, like, keep my head in her ear. But then there's always – it's always nice to take a shot and hang on and just run out the clock for a bit because then Absolutely. it seems like you're being offensive. Well, there's no way to say she's being defensive, even though – Everybody who's ever who knows about wrestling is like, yeah, maybe she's trying to eat clock, but you can't say she's being defensive because she's on a leg. Yeah. Tactical, I would say, more than anything. This is my first time uh, watching this match. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Typically... So I'm like, I don't really remember what happens for the last 45 seconds, but I think I just stall my ass off. <laughs> You're so honest. I love it. <laughs> uh, Perry's been working on, like, for us, especially, like, we'll, Tuesdays, we'll break down a match um, into, like, period, like, different time period goes. And always, like, the last, like, two minutes and like 45 seconds he's telling us to like keep being offensive because i feel like at some point when you're up in a match it's so easy to switch yeah where you're like all right like i'm not going to attack anymore i'm just going to be defensive and that's usually when people score whereas if you just like keep wrestling usually things work out you remember what you felt or thought here uh yeah i feel like the time ran out and she grabbed my legs and i just was like what the fuck just happened (laughs) (laughs) it was it was so surreal it was crazy this is your this is your thing shooting the guns (laughs) no that's not obnoxious why did you bend over there it looked like you were gonna take a shit on the mat and i was like (laughs) i don't i don't know i was tired man (laughs) i love it i love it now This is your thing, right? Are you is it a, is it a six? Yeah. Are you shooting pistols? You shoot shooting number pistols. one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know how that came around. I feel like Kayla has her thumbs up, and we were at Pan Am's, and I was like, finger guns seem pretty cool. I can make that my thing. I, and so, like, Tamir's got the heart. Adlon's got the yeah. double wave. You've got the pistols. I got the pistols. Yeah, Taylor Miller gave me uh, the nickname Dom Pistol Parish, which I kind of like because you know it kind of sounds like I'm a lot of trouble, but I think I'm pretty easy. <laughs> but you trouble on the mat. I think yeah, I'm trouble on the mat, but in real life I'm pretty chill. I'm straight yeah. edge. Yeah, yeah, but or, like I, I, I dig listen it. at least. <laughs> Dom Pistol Parish. Man, had you had you ever like pictured yourself running around the mat with the flag? Had you done that Actually, like uh... Yeah, I had. It was it was strange because people have asked me like if I had like visualized that moment and I had, but honestly I think just like running around the mat with the flag. Not the mat. I remember part. watching it in 2019 at uh, the Worlds, and I was like, damn, that's sick. Like, and just like imagined like myself doing it. Uh huh. There it is. Damn, I'm jacked. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are jacked. You're a freaking world champ. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's. 
after after that match, Perry said to me, he's like, you're a world champ for life. And I was like, I never thought about it that way. And that's pretty cool. Can't take it away. Yeah. And really, just, you know, potentially just getting started, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're already 20, 24, something like that? I'm 25. 25. Yeah. If I'm you ready want, to think of it. Off it. It's what? interesting going to camps now because I feel like the national team, like the age is like shifting to like, younger and younger but still there's like some of the like older girls like not even older like like 27 and i'm like kind of in the middle yeah um so i would assume you have your your site set on next year and and the olympics right mm -hmm. yeah man sit in the final x like so now you you said going into this you know i I don't know if I believed I could win, but I, I believed I could I could medal. Is it like a new level of confidence now knowing that you you did it and, and, and now you're still capable of doing it and repeating? I don't know if it's confidence, but it's nice knowing that there's like a formula to like my training and like my conditioning and everything that like works. Like I now know like what I should like expect to do next year and and like more. So it's nice to have like that baseline. I feel, yeah. I still feel like pretty normal, like going in the room and like rolling around. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm like, I'm going to destroy this person because sure. I'm a world champ. Right. Um, I still feel like I have a lot of improving to do like in my wrestling. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I, I just meant the, the confidence and the ability to yeah. do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is awesome. Um, and you're at an Olympic weight, right? So it's not like you have to decide going up or down so yeah. that's fantastic man um yeah i don't think i've said it. if i haven't congratulations thank you <laughs> you're thank freaking, you you're world champ forever and they're gonna put your picture on that wall in colorado yeah. springs and forever i know they interviewed me afterwards and i was like i get my picture on the wall and i i was like that's like the coolest thing ever and then later i was like that sounds so dumb but like it is pretty cool oh i don't think it sounds like, like anyone who's anyone who's seen that wall knows there's like a lot of high-level athletes up there it's cool to be included absolutely it's it's a it's a great time for usa wrestling men's freestyle did great women's freestyle has done great and and i think you know starting to knock on the doorstep of japan and and i do think <laughs> you know it, it's not a matter of if but when you know yeah take them so well if you talk to terry uh the japanese coach asked to come and train like with our women's team so apparently that's never happened before. So he was pretty excited. Really? Yeah. You think they're coming to try to learn something? Because they're, they're, like, they're feeling they're the heat? I think they're to try to learn something. Yeah. Or I don't know. I feel like they're like, oh, like we're coming to like, uh, like make friends almost. But I think they're probably coming in to scout and see what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. They say keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Not that there's yeah. Well, your enemies on the mat, off the mat. Mm -hmm. sure they're very friendly people. I think it just depends who they send. Like they're probably not going to send like their number one girls over here to roll around. Some would be off on the side, just like just <laughs> just watching, filming, yeah, re yeah, recording, sending videos back to coaches back there. But mm -hmm. yeah. Oh man, well this has been great, Dom. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with you and and hearing your story and obviously watching this gold medal match. So, um, we're, we're kind of been rolling. She's almost close to an hour now. So I'm gonna uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get things kind of wrapped up here. But I want to give you the last word to say anything you might want to say about anything. 
uh, I don't know. I feel like you get a lot of kids messaging me, like asking kind of like what I think the most important thing is to do like in your training. And honestly, I would say, I think put yourself in a room where you're not the best wrestler and just let yourself grow. And like, you'll figure it out. And it's very easy to set like measurable goals in that situation. Cause you might never get a takedown like for the first month and then you get a takedown on someone who's been teching you. And I think just letting yourself be uncomfortable and trusting that you'll, you'll like grow out of it. Awesome. That's great advice. Great advice. Um, Dom, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm really excited to watch watch the rest of your career unfold. So Thank have a great later. day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you bet. And uh, I'll, I'll see you next time I'm down in Phoenix. You take care. Yep. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, folks. That's going to do it. Dom Parrish, what a, what a great journey. Just, you know, you love hearing people, these, these stories. She wasn't even sure if she wanted to wrestle at the next level. And here she was, had an opportunity down at Sunkist and has made the most of it. So we're super uh, happy for her and USA Wrestling. And, uh, and that's going to do it for today's show. So we will see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Goodbye.